Welcome, everybody, to episode 105 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and I continue to shake my fist at the metric system at CD Villasenor on Twitter. Ty is out this week participating in some mandatory corporate fun, but with me is my old friend, Evan Johnson, the Director of Programming and Development for the First Tee of Greater Seattle. Evan, how are you tonight? Happy to be here, Chris. Uh, thanks for the invitation. I hope I stumbled into the right room. <laughs> You're putting your reputation on the line heavily this evening by hanging out. I have my agent with me. <laughs> This is very important because you never know. Now, you're 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 so for people who don't know, um, the first tee of Greater Seattle is one of the bigger and more successful chapters in the uh, in the United States of America, much due to your efforts. Um, and the uh, and uh, it's one of those things where I started my daughter in the first tee eight years ago or so. And you were just sort of a happy, lucky. You were just like a happy, lucky go, happy go lucky coach slash volunteer slash whatever. Yeah, that's, that's right. I got started, and like you said, yeah, I just kind of showed up when they told me to, and I got to hang out with kids and, you know, demonstrate some golf swings. Uh, usually, hopefully, my better ones, and, uh, and that was ten years ago. Wow. So you. So it's funny because uh, you. I don't know if you you gave up you you were in a you were in the corporate world for a little bit you were doing corporate type things but but there was something about this particular opportunity I think that what that 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 struck you as something you wanted to that you wanted to do that was better than working <laughs> or, or different than working yeah I uh, it's hard to see my job really as working on it on a day to day basis uh, but I we we put a lot of effort in and and it's. I call it not a full-time job, but an all-the-time job. Uh, <laughs> part of that's just because I really enjoy it. I get to be at the golf course all day uh, working with kids and people. Uh, but yeah, I, I dabbled a little bit. I was in real estate finance for uh, a handful of years out of college, a couple different jobs, good jobs actually. Um, but I got roped in as a volunteer at the first tee and, and uh, it became something more. And uh, you know, I never really looked back. I've really enjoyed it. And sometimes you're lucky enough to find something that kind of uh, meets your passion but also can be a career yeah everybody everybody who like plays golf in seattle is either either knows evan (laughs) or knows someone who knows evan (laughs) he's he is uh he's he's quite he's quite a local celebrity you can't you can go to any sort of golf thing and just men drop his name and people like oh yeah 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 i know evan Evan. (laughs) hopefully they say good things They, they do now uh I know we can't find you have a you have a you have a very badly tended Twitter account so but people can, people but people can can check in on the program at uh, TFT Seattle on Twitter if they want if they want to follow along. The Twitter account you referred to is that mine personally because I don't even yeah, know if that one exists. It does. It exists. You haven't posted since uh, you haven't posted since 2011 or something. 2011, man, I got busy. <laughs> What yeah. happened? Something really traumatic must have happened in 2011 on Twitter, and I just gave it up. You just walked away. Walked away. I hung yeah, it up. Yeah. I, it was such a good account. I wanted to leave while I was ahead. Yeah. <laughs> How many followers do I have? You get those first. You get those first 20 followers, man, and you're like, I, it's not going to get any better than this. I'd, I'd be surprised if I got 20. So Maybe the first not. T has its accounts. Uh, I am active on Instagram. 
Mm. And as are you. So I don't know if that fits your listener profile, but uh, they can always find me at coach underscore Evan. Uh, and then, yeah, TFT Seattle to follow our chapter. Yeah. So uh, if you if you uh, check in on his uh, on Evan's Instagram, you'll find him. I don't know. Whitewater. He's a whitewater. You're also a whitewater rafting guide and an avid paddleboarder. You're like a water guy. I, I still hanging on to that. It kind of feels like another life, but, uh, you know, something to do on the weekends when I'm not golfing. <laughs> Everybody, all the dudes who listen to this podcast are like, wait a minute, what? He like, he teaches golf and then golfs all the time. And then he goes, then he's a whitewater rafting guy to where all just like, God, are you Sounds a Seinfeld fan, Chris? I would imagine. I know you guys like the curb. Um, so you're Seinf- so I liked, I had a couple years between real estate and the first tee that, you know, you remember the summer of George. Yes. Those were the years of Evan. <laughs> there were multiple, by the way. And uh, that included getting certified as a whitewater rafting guide. I lived in Costa Rica for a little while and, and uh, enjoyed uh, living off the beaten path. But then I needed some direction, something to do. So anyway, that's how that came. And uh, I stick with it once in a while when I can. We got a lot of great uh, whitewater rivers in Washington State. The most interesting man in the world. Evan Johnson. All right. So the show tonight, we're going to talk a little bit more about golf and, uh, you know, getting people into golf, growing the game a little bit. Um, we're also going to talk about the um, previewing the PGA season and talk a little bit about that. Maybe some fam- uh, some favorite courses for our uh, for golf listeners. We've got a lot of golf listeners. And you were um, you attended the 2020 PGA show. So we'd love to hear about that and, uh, you know, what's cool and some stories and uh, what's going on. Always the Dejatwa, and then um, and then and then the OT after that. So let's uh, let's start the show. Segment one. So I've been involved in the the first tee of Greater Seattle for eight years. Uh, you know, my do- I, as a person who enjoys golf and wanted to be around golf more, I encouraged my daughter to play, and which encouraged me to volunteer because I was hanging out there anyway. So, so if you're, so if you have a child that you want to get into golf and you like golf, the, the first tee is a perfect melding of, Hey, let's, let's bring, let's bring your, bring your child to classes and then volunteer for classes to like, vol- you know, just to herd cats. Like when they're, cause I know, I know we're, we're under a, a volunteer drive right now. We're trying to encourage people to, to, uh, to come out and, and volunteer for, for the first tee. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, in some ways, we're always recruiting volunteers, but we're ramping up for kind of our busy season ahead coming up in six, eight weeks, our spring session, um, you know, and, and a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking about golf quite yet at the end of January in Seattle, in the Northwest. Uh, but uh, volunteering with the first tee is more than obviously just playing golf. It's uh, working with kids. So, yeah, it's it's and thank you, by the way, for all of your service. You're one of our best volunteer coach why thank you by far and the fact that your kids have been in the program for so long is testament and those are the kind of things that actually matter to us that we pay attention to because they're both advanced golfers i don't know if your listeners know but uh they have lower handicaps probably than uh, most of us listening you know so <laughs> yeah but that but then again that's part about that whole you know if you you sort of reap what you sow in that way I mean, the uh, I know that uh, that some of my friends give me a hard time because I my kids both golf and they both ski, <laughs> and and which is basically checks both of the boxes of the things that I do throughout the year. It's like right now we're in our ski we're in our ski season, so every weekend it's skiing, 
And then once the weather gets better, we dump the skis and we go play golf for the rest of the year. So it's kind of a coup that I pulled this off. Um, but I would encourage <laughs> parents who, who can to just, to just try it, just to give it a go. I mean, just, just, just get your kids into the things you like to do until they figure out what their, their own interests are and maybe their interests stick around. It's a, uh, I think we see that. I think we see that in places. Yeah. I think the key with kids is just having them try it. You know, hopefully it's a positive introduction to whatever the sport or activity is and they give it a good chance, see if they enjoy it. It's a good fit. Uh, and then maybe they stick with it. Maybe they don't. Maybe maybe they want to continue to play golf. Maybe they want to continue to ski. Um, maybe it's chess. Maybe it's gymnastics. You never know. But as a kid, just try as many things as you can. Yeah, that's. I think that's the. I think that's what we've always tried to do is just expose the kids to a lot of different activities, and hopefully the ones, <laughs> the ones that that uh, that stick are the ones that that are easier for you to support. But the uh, but the first he's been been really good, and I think that there's there's a lot of other organizations. I think if you look around, there's for inter- the things that interest you. I have a friend who is a fencer, and he got in is and you know he's encouraging his kids to fence, which is totally cool. <laughs> like sword fighting. There's this there's this fencing school in in Issaquah, and I drive by it all the time, and I'm always I always I always hope like the sword fight spills out into the street from the, for the, I'm always hoping it never does, but like at some point I hope like somebody like busts out a window and then like people like jump out this window and they're sword fighting in the parking lot. Like it never happens, but I'm waiting for the day. Somebody calls the cops, but they're like, it's okay. It's okay. It's part of the show, right? It's the fencing school. What the fencing school, they're sword fighting the parking lot again. See, this is what I would like. I'd like, I'd like this. I'd like to see the, like some bad faith fencing school where like they just like Fights spill out onto the streets and in the parking lots all around the area. Well, there's a difference between fighting and sparring, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean full-on sword fighting. Like people try to hurt each other. Like like a serious, like you know, Robin Hood, Game of Thrones kind of kind of stuff. This is, what this is the eight-year-olds, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is what I always have, which is what I always hope breaks out at first tee is like, I always hope like some kid says to some other kid, Hey, bet you some chewing gum. I make this putt. Like, I'm like, I know we're not supposed to encourage that kind of behavior, but every now and again, I'd like to see like some, some seven year old turn to the other seven year old goes, Hey, bet you a quarter. I make this putt. Right. <laughs> and then, and then the kid like turned back. Like, okay. Okay. I got it. Oh yeah. I bet you a quarter. Bet your quarter you miss it. <laughs> Coach Chris is the bookie over there. He's like, I just happen to have a pocket full of quarters. Right here we go. Yeah, exactly. Who's taking odds? Like, start making, start making like money games during the uh, during the uh, the eight year old uh, sessions. Two to one on Aston, by the way. <laughs> the uh, that's that's that'll be the day I get kicked out. That'll be the day they shit. They, they uh, you know they uh, they I make the news like gambling ring at local golf program. I'll be like, dang it. You heard me getting emails from our coaches. <laughs> hey, have you met Coach Chris? And I don't, those emails get lost. I don't right? know. Do you know what's going on over there at the par three course? We're <laughs> teaching commerce, right? Yeah. And by yeah, by the time they grow up, gambling is going to be legal everywhere. Right, right. It's just math anyway, right? It's just mathematics. We're 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 calculating odds. <laughs> I feel so. My my manager's telling me I need to. Uh, 
throw in some fine print here. We uh, so at the first tee, we're developing intrinsic motivation is what we're really going for. Got so it. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> you know, sometimes though, what you learn as a coach, uh, I've done a lot of education in this regard. Um, you start with extrinsic motivation. You know, as a parent, right? How do you get kids to do chores, to go to bed on time? There's got to be a lure, right? It's, yes. Uh, Pizza party or, you know, a new toy or some extra TV time or screen time, right? Well, <laughs> kind of the same thing when they're, yeah. And then you get to the point where, why do you do it? Just because it's the right thing to do. Because we'll, see, you see how see how Coach Evan moved us back into the into the box. I pushed us out of the box and he moved us right back in. We'll stick we'll stick to Otter Pops. It's fine. Yeah. Otter Pops. I'll tell you, you know, we talked to teenagers. Hey, what, what got you into the first tee and why'd you stay? And you want to, you hope to think, well... It's because of so, all the life skills I learned, and I really improved my golf game, and the coaches were... And, you know, there's some of that, but it's like the donut holes, <laughs> the otter pops. Otter pops and donut holes. So all of this effort we put into positive coaching philosophies, and really we just I need to make an extra grocery store run. Right. That's the re- that's most of the reason I show up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We uh, we I use... Uh, when we do movie reviews and stuff, I, I use Good Better How. <laughs> Which I think is a which I stole from the first tee. I think I admittedly said that we stole it from the first tee. It is in your itinerary for today. I'm What's very proud time? of you. The good, better, how I noticed it in the itinerary for today, and it, it, um, I was very proud. <laughs> you are welcome See, to disseminate. The- I learn. I learn these. I learn things too when I'm there, but. Um, I know that good, better, how is uh, we we do it with uh, we do it with movies. Like what was good? What we can make better? How could we make it better? We do that with the if you if you listen to our Star Wars episode, we good better have that one. Um, but uh, but those are those are now now I know that you are now participating in like a national like national teaching program. Well, yeah, the the first T is uh, a network of 150 plus chapters around the country, and there are some international chapters as well. So you can say around the world. Um, every one of those chapters is its own 501c3 with with its own staff and volunteer base, um, and they go through trainings. They, it kind of starts locally, and then the farther along you get, uh, you're going to go to national trainings. So it's kind of a progression. And once you've reached the highest status of of coaching, which I have. Um, the uh, you, you get invited to be a national trainer, and so I'll have the chance a couple times uh, this year to uh, travel to a couple other cities, help train coaches from around the country, and teach them the art of uh, gambling. <laughs> the art of the art of otter pops and donut hole motivation. The truly important things. The truly the truly important things. Um, but no, I'm I'm really happy. Thanks for bringing that up. I, that was part of the reason I was in Florida last week. There are uh, about 16 of us, uh, and we'll make trips all around the country this year, kind of helping share what we know and and helping um, you know inspire kind of the next generation of volunteers and coaches with the first tee. That's cool. The um, and I know that it, what's what's really fun is it is a it is a fun community to have in this in this town. I think that uh, I think that always helps uh, any sort of activity like this when you have a lot of people who are like-minded um who are fun to be around and uh and um and you know it's fun to watch the kids the you know those kids grow up man i tell you the uh you know every now and again you show up to one of these things and you know some kid who was eight years old is like some six foot three like teenage man I think I know how like t- school teachers feel. They must get blown away all the time. Like you, you know, you, I'm sure it happens to you all the time. 
Yeah, I mean, kids shoot up. You know, you don't see them for three months, and it's like, so where's your younger brother? You know, um, <laughs> I didn't realize he had an older. Oh, oh no, it's 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 more like it's me, coach. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Uh, yeah, it is. It is pretty oh, wild. Hey, hey, it's the uh, it's the. Uh... <laughs> I have the, I have this the worst timer sound, which is become this long running joke whenever I whenever I host the show with a guest like my I have the worst hilarious timer noise like I get a regular timer but whatever this is like the default timer noise on, on my phone <laughs> it's like it's like this terrible seal cover does that anyway. mean we have to move on no well yeah we have to move on but uh but anyway um but yeah so it's always it's it was good to it was good to tap into my interest and passion in golf and get my kids into it so yeah, I would encourage people to to find things for your kids. I mean, we have a lot of parents who listen to this to the show, but uh, it's uh, it's one of those things where where uh, if golf is in your is if golf is on your radar, um, try your local first tee chapter. Get your kids. I call it club scouts to people. Yeah. <laughs> club scouts. I like that because a lot of people because a lot of people don't understand. It's like, well, am I going to turn my child into like the Masters champion? And I'm generally like, no. I mean, the answer's not the no. Curriculum's, the curriculum's not meant to to create, like it's not like it's not like the IMG Academy where we're like you know pushing for golf performance at all. You know what I mean? It's not that. It's a it is about teaching kids to to you know live better lives using golf as a framework. You know, we talk about it as a successful transition to adulthood, right? Yeah, yeah. And so no matter what age you are when you join, you're going to learn life skills through the game of golf. We all love the game. It gives you a lot of chances for coachable moments and for learning experiences and, you know, personal development. And you're going to learn from that and apply those skills, not just while you're playing golf, but, you know, in the classroom, at home, with friends, family. And so it kind of helps me be a better person. I mean, that's, uh, that's what we're going for. Yeah, you can feel free to steal my Club Scouts bit. Yeah, I kind of like that. I just give that to you. That one's free. Thank you. You just <laughs> continue to give. To the <laughs> continue. Exactly. All right, segment two. So, because we're talking a little bit about golf, um, I don't know if you. I don't know if you heard. Alex Myers was on my sh- on the show. Uh, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I got yeah, I got to get back there. Yeah, Alex Myers. I got Alex Myers to come on the show. I don't know how. Just kind of, he just kind of did, but um, he's so he's Alex Myers, friend of the show. Um, if you if he does this thing called the grind and uh, some other things on golf on the Golf Digest properties, um, he was he had made his uh, major pick. So I thought maybe I would sit down with you and and we would we would hash out um, who you think would be the major pick. Now he said he here's who Alex Myers liked. Um, John Rahm at the Masters. He liked Dustin Johnson at the U.S. Open. He liked Tiger at the Open Championship, and he liked McElroy at the uh, at um, at the PGA. Uh huh. Well, McElroy won at Harding Park. He won the uh, he won the um, he won the match play there a few years ago. Uh, yeah, 2015, 16, something like that. Yeah. So. Um, so uh, do you have a do you have a do you have a thought do you have a thought now if you bet five dollars on like a parlay 
<laughs> Here's me betting again. Yeah, if you bet five, you you could win something in the neighborhood of like forty thousand dollars if you if you could if you bet five bucks on a on a on a four major parlay, and got them all right. <sighs> That's a good use of five dollars. <laughs> That's a good right. right like, you can what if buy the a, kids give us five dollars, and then we can go invest their money in that? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just yeah. thinking. You know, raffle. You know, your your 50, kids 50. probably have an allowance. Do you ever ask, like, uh, you know, do you ever ask Lucy, hey, uh, it, how, what are you doing with all that money? It's just sitting <laughs> in the bank. I have this. So, sidebar gambling story. Um, the, uh, what happened, um, I used to, when we go to Las Vegas to visit my parents, I would go out gambling and I would tell the kids, I'd like, hey, who wants to invest in the gambling tonight? You know, if you give, if, you know, because, you know, my mom always gives the kids money. I said, hey, if you give me 50 of that hundred, I'll just put it with my money and I'll just split all my winnings with you. And of course, you know, the kids would say, no, you know, that's, you know, whatever. And then I would go play blackjack and come home with like 400 bucks. Like I did 400 bucks at the table. Now they never let me out of the house without getting money into my pocket. They're like, okay. I'll give you 50 bucks. <laughs> and then I, and then I did, I just, and I just split half the way. I, you know, I'll, I'll put their 50 bucks with my 50 bucks and uh, whatever way I win, I'll just, I'll cut with them. Ah, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I'm teaching them. Those are, those are good life lessons, but yes, if you wanted to, if you wanted to parlay these four picks, well, who do you, who do you have a feel for it? Who do you like? And that's a good way to frame it because there's who I want to win versus if I'm really putting my chips on the table. Right. So, want to win would be tiger, 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 tiger. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the want. That would be the what you'd want. Just get it all done in one year. <laughs> just knock it out. Go right to nineteen. Right to nineteen. Call it a day. Do you just think quit. you would retire at that point? God, I would. <laughs> no, he. Of course, he wouldn't. Still keep going. No, he's gonna. Yeah. Do you know how to stop? I don't think he. I don't think he. I don't think he can. St- I don't think he wants to stop. I think they're going to have to. I mean, he's already come back from the. He's already come back from the brink of of being done now, and so the fact that he's. I think he feels like he's on borrowed time. He's like this is like house money, right? Like, yeah. As long as he can keep him, as long as he can keep himself healthy enough, he will. He will play. And he seems to be making better life decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to hard to hard to make worse life decisions, you know. I mean, you can't join the Navy SEALs at age. What is he now? Forty. Yeah, forty-three. Three. Three. Yeah, Yeah, forty-three. Um. So you know that's out. I think. (laughs) That's yeah. It's definitely out. (laughs) They don't want to. They don't want a guy with bad knees and a bad back and uh, to to join to join up. No, I mean, he, he is Tiger. Well, so back to your question, though. I mean, okay, so we're putting our money on the table. I, I like those picks, and those are well-researched picks. I, I Mine won't necessarily. I would I would bet along with uh, Alex Myers, most likely. You know, he's going to he's gonna be one of my advisors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I like, I think Rory is hungry. And so, and I again, I've beaten in there. I like Rory. I like him to win something. I like Tiger at the Masters again, but John Rahm... I saw somewhere recently. I think John Rahm is favored to win the most events this year. Is that yeah. right? and that was before Tory, and he almost won that. But yeah, um, he of all players was, and I guess this was supposed to be a high year for him. He's gonna. He's definitely gonna have a high year. He's just. He's 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 in that. Uh, he's in that. 
I've been on tour for long enough now, just long enough. I know every place, you know, he's got his, you know, he's figured out like where he needs to go and what he needs to do. He recently got married. So there's not this whole, there's not this, I don't think there's a party thing happening with him. (laughs) And, and so I think he's ready to win. I think he's going to win a bunch this year. Um, the, uh, I don't know about. I still don't, I still don't have a feel for DJ. I don't I don't I don't know if he's I mean for as, for as amazing as he's been, like he's got what 20 plus wins on the tour. I mean, he's only got one major. Do I think he's going to get a bunch more? I don't know. I mean, that US Open was incredible. Uh with the rules question and that was hanging over his head the whole back nine uh you know, but again, I don't think a lot hangs over Dustin Johnson. <laughs> which maybe, which is the plus and minus of it all, right? right. He kind of just like stumbles into a victory. He's hitting it well that week, and you know, he doesn't let it get to him really. Um, he's immensely talented. He's still ranked fifth in the world, I think, right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, because he's always in contention. You know, that level of talent, and he's still healthy. Right. I don't think I don't think Tiger wins a US Open. I think the, the US Open's just set up too brutal for him. He doesn't drive the ball well anymore. Just I mean it's just I just don't see him winning. Yeah, I just don't see him. Now, the Open Championship, I totally can see him winning. Yeah, and I, I don't know the record. I bet he won at some point at Harding Park. How would he not have won? You know, <laughs> well, when like he when he was when he was 10 years old. When he was 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, Beaten eighteen-year-olds, um, but yeah, I would I would generally say Tiger Masters. Obviously, last year proved it, and uh, and the Open Championship. But the U.S. Open is going to be a bomber, um, and we'll see. Harding Park's kind of a question mark, but uh, uh, like Rory, there, I would, I, I would take yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. Now, have you played Harding? Yeah, I played it a few years ago when it was in between majors, so it was set up for municipal like, play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really interesting, <laughs> was, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. They completely, you know, turn that golf course upside down and get it ready. Uh, grow out the rough and speed up the greens and lengthen some tees and things like that. Yeah. So this is a good. I mean, so tell me about so sort of favorite favorite uh, favorite courses, sort of near and far. So, like, if someone said, "Hey, I'm coming to I'm coming to the Seattle area. What sh- what should I play?" Well, the first one that comes to mind is usually Chambers Bay. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a lot of well, we don't have a lot of major history. That's for sure, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of our major history is bad. Like, like they turned that thing into a, a burned out goat ranch. Like, so everybody on every like nationally, it's always hilarious where people talk about Chambers Bay. It's like, oh, come, it's nicer than that. It really is a nice place to play golf. It's just the USGA took a blowtorch to it and made it just awful. That was brutal. We had 90 degree weather for like a week and, uh, you know, the fescue experiment as they called it, uh, yeah. it just like you said, it turned to turn to the moon. Um, it was unfortunate for sure. Um, yeah. because it is a layout that would lend itself in the right conditions to a great major. And some say it did. I mean, the best players in the world were, you know, duking it out at the end. Um, Jordan Spieth over DJ but himself. Not- but those cauliflower greens are something we're never gonna we're we're never gonna live that down. I don't think. Yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, they were a little bumpy. Um, <laughs> but you know. but chambers. Okay, what uh, is there any other? What what would be your second? What would, see? This is the thing. The second choice is the hard thing around here. Someone said, "I want to play a couple uh, places." Like so, city Seattle. Now I know we're 
we're trying to save Seattle golf. There's some talk about how the city council of Seattle wants to remove, remove some golf courses. Yeah. Can I say the inner Bay executive nine? (laughs) It's it's actually nice (laughs) for what it is. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's always, and it's always, it's always, it's always seems like it's in good shape. They do a good job at that. And, uh, you, you know, you're right again. It's kind of like picking my major winners, but, uh, there's, there's a need and a soft spot in my, in my heart for the municipals. Uh, that's really the heart and, and soul of, of golf and of growing the game and of the future of the game. But if your question was originally, if somebody's coming in from out of town, where are we sending them? Uh, it, if it's, there are only a couple of public options outside of chambers. It's going to be a private course. It's going to be probably Sahali, uh, which people would know from a major championship, which uh-huh. pretty, pretty good feedback. Um, uh, it, you know, they, they won't bring a major back to Sahali. Uh, it's a little too short these days. The women had their major there, and it was actually really fun. I went there, there for that. That was a blast. And a lot of people, as a spectator event, that was a year after the U.S. Open, and it was refreshing because <laughs> there was shade. Uh, you get up <laughs> it was green. <laughs> it was green. Uh, the LPGA players are awesome, too. They're very approachable, and, uh, you know, you feel like you're kind of part of the action. Um, I like Aldera. Aldera, Yeah. Nice. That's a Aldera. So the the funny Aldera story from last year was Kevin Chapel. So Kevin Chapel, for you golf nerds who listen, he's a professional golfer who's won some. Good guy. Um, I hadn't seen him. He'd been hurt. He comes out on a fifty nine watch, and I looked at his hat on TV, and I'm like, I know that logo. I. I know this logo. It took me, it literally took me 20 minutes of looking at his hat. It's like, I think that's Aldera. <laughs> and so I looked up Aldera on, online. I was like, holy crap, that is the Aldera logo. What is he doing with the Aldera logo? And it turns out he was doing his rehab around here. That's and, right, yeah. And he even, and people even played like the Willows Run Par 3 with him. Like he was out there like playing like Par 3 golf. Just, He's a regular just, guy, yeah. yeah. And he was coming right. off kind of a long rehab. Uh, yeah, he was working with uh, Golfletic over in Bellevue, and uh, Doctor Sessa. He works with he works with a couple of players uh, uh, on tour. But yeah, and that was a pretty remarkable story, actually. Yeah, so it was great. It was like fifty nine. What? It's like is that a Aldera hat? Crazy. It was crazy for yeah, public. He could probably I, auction if, that if, hat off now for what's that? He could probably auction that hat off. You know, I wore this. They should put that in. Like you know, put it in the trophy case there at Aldera. They, I would, I, I would have sent him an email like that day, like, uh, can you send the hat back? And uh, yeah, how much for the hat? The um, I would, I would probably send people to Gold Mountain. I would. I have was a gonna say, on. yep, good choice. Yeah, I think they, I think the the choices on the peninsula, public wise, maybe a little better. You know, that you can do the you can do the McCormick thing. You could do. You know, you could do uh, Gold Mountain would be a, a good couple of, you know, a couple of days. You could play both of those 18s and just hang out in Bremerton. That was going to be one of my follow-up questions. Why come to town and just play one round? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Why don't we just stack up a few days at 36 and <laughs> really go for it? You could play Washington National. I might, I, might, I might send somebody there. Yeah, yeah. You could play Washington National and Salish Cliffs in the same day. Listen, that's for young people. That's for people like with young backs. 
I saw you. I saw you. I saw your uh, Instagram. You were you. Uh, you generally after the uh, after the fall, you generally escape, right? You generally escape out and you go play golf. You were you, you played a bunch in California. I we get a three week vacation uh, at the chapter at the end of December, and I just make the most of it. Uh, mostly in California this year. California for a week and uh, and Phoenix area for a week. Yeah. Just plan, just plan it up. You know, perks of the job for sure. Anything, anything, anything particularly good? Like you were, what, what, what cities were you in? What? Uh... I played San Luis Obispo Country Club six straight days. Uh, <laughs> you must, it must have been very. It looked very nice on the Instagram. And San Luis, and San Luis Obispo is a beautiful town. It is. It is. It's a, it's a quiet little town. Uh, if you've never been, highly recommended. Um, you know, they got breweries and, and wineries, especially up up in that area. Um, Paso Robles uh, is just north. There's a lot up there. And it's only 10 minutes from the beach. My friend's a member. He lives on the golf course. And so we, we played every day. It, it's funny. That's a, Of all the you know people ask me where I play my golf, the most rounds this year was played at San Luis Obispo Country Club. <laughs> Isn't that random? I played in the member guest with my friend in the summer. And then uh, those those days there, we played college golf together and had some good, some good battles uh, in December for a week. And he's a golf savant. Yeah, so yeah. George Genkis, whoever, he follows him, he studies him, and he's got a little hitting bay in his garage, and we went to work. Oh, yeah? We went yeah, to work yeah. mostly on my short game. Yeah. He, uh, it, there's Kakuya grass down there, and so for the golf nerds in the in the audience, um, they'll know that Kakuya grass is challenging. It grabs the club. It's an African, it is an African grass that is most likened to a weed, actually. People, uh, people... Like there are there are actual places, there are actual cities in, in America where they outlawed Kakuya. Like you can't plant it. Well, I would like to outlaw chipping off of <laughs> I would like to outlaw chipping off of Bermuda. It, you know, agreed. Oh Just my God. blanket rule. Anything that doesn't grow straight up and lays down. Yeah, yeah, seriously. One blade at a time. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, but you know, every time you know we we go to some of those, you know, you go to some places like Arizona or you go to Palm Springs or whatever, and you end up on Bermuda, and it's like, what is I? Well, I can't play this. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I can't play Bermuda. This is impossible. You just want to pick it up, place it on the ground <laughs> from there. Yeah. yeah, you're in Arizona. It's like, can I hit this out of the rocks instead? Because I, I, I can't hit it out of this rough. It's just impossible. How much to toss it from here? <laughs> Can I get it? I just, I'll just get the fling club out. Can I just fling from here? I'll just keep the fling club in my bag next time I go to Arizona if the plan Bermuda. Get it. All right. Segment three. Now, in your many golf travels, you happen to be at the PGA, uh, the 2020 PGA show. Now, for... For those of you who don't know, the 2020 PGA show is just this monster convention where there's a huge presence by everything and everyone associated with golf. Um, all the equipment, it's like a, the, the place where everyone's launching new equipment, new balls, every, you know, so you, so you, you ended up going there. I did. It was my first time. Uh, show's been going for a long time. I don't know how long, uh, 20, 40 years. Uh, but yeah. 
yeah. you know, if you're in the industry, and especially if you work in the industry, it's the merchandise show, right? So this is what was designed for. All the buyers from the clubs would go down and decide what shirts they wanted for the year and maybe a small budget for training aids and, and that kind of stuff. And it has morphed into technology and all kinds of... Uh, it's a gathering place for the industry and influencers, especially. You know, you get a lot of social media influencers down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very cool. Everything from clothes and apparel to clubs, all the newest stuff. Um, you know, CBD was a big thing down there. I heard, there was a, there was a lot of jokes on Twitter about how CBD is the thing at the PGA Merchandise Show. It was uh, it, like there's a whole embracing of the CBD. They get a great following. I mean, the, the again, I'll bring up kind of some of the people they they have the influencers, people repping the brand. Uh, it's amazing. Um, my good friend, uh, Patrick Koenig, uh, PJ Koenig, uh, on social media, he, he did the RGV tour for the first tee. He drove around the country for 365 days. Golf course awesome. photographer. Uh, awesome. Right. So yeah. he is now full time. Everybody's wondering what's going to be your next gig. So he works full time for Medterra as golf, op- golf marketing director. And, uh, man, they brought in, uh, Matt Janella and Morgan Hoffman, PJ tour player. Um, who reps the brand and uh, Paige Sporanic. Oh yeah, I saw that picture of you and Paige at Paige uh, Renee. Um, so I saw yeah, that. I saw that. So hanging out with Paige. Yeah, my <laughs> first pick with Paige. That was great. She was, <laughs> she was, you know, and and I, I had some good stories that she's a really nice person. She really cares about making a positive impact. I, with some of the girls in the program, I actually showed a video. Uh, it was a training video on you know some chipping drills you can do, and we showed it some of teenage girls last year. And I told her about that; it really hit home, and she was thrilled. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, some of the people uh, following you know CBD brands, uh, it, it's good stuff. And for those in the audience who uh, maybe aren't familiar with it, um, CBD is not THC; it's a different part of the plant. Uh, you know, there are no um, there none of the same effects. So there's a lot of, of really good stuff. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah. this, it doesn't have any of the psychoactive. <laughs> right. We're, most of our audience is after the, psycho, the psychotropic effects. So. You're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> You'll have to go. But we live in Washington State, so that's, it's easy to get the CBD with the THC in it. But, that, I mean, it really is. Like, it's a huge boom. It's everywhere. You can just go down to the, every drugstore now. All, they all carry CBD products. You know all the hemp-based stuff, the zero THC stuff. It just, it's just, uh, it's you know, it's it's the thing. And, and I and I take it myself, and it, it really is. Uh, it's actually uh, it's actually very helpful for you aches and pains and you know old people like me. And you know, by the way, you're you're still a kid. There, mo- a lot of the golf world is made up of uh, uh, you know older, more traditional people. And so this introduction of CBD has been kind of interesting. I was actually <laughs> in a golf shop once, listening to the the sale from a boomer to a boomer of Medterra. <laughs> and it was so interesting. They were uh, they were sold on it. It, it. it happened over the course of about 30 minutes, and it was kind of like, well, if that's what people want, then we got to sell it to them. And it is legal, right? Yeah, it's yeah. legal. Uh, you, yeah. Can order it. you can order it. I think you can order it in the mail. It's legal in all 50 states kind of a, kind of a deal these days. So... Um, but that's cool. The uh, did you did you uh, did you see any of the the clubs or did you see any of the any other equipment? Did anything make an impact on you? You know, I'm not a huge club guy. Um, I like to hit them. Uh, mm-hmm. So those tend to be my favorite booths because you can yeah, actually yeah. do something. 
but uh, there was a, there's a demo day. It's always the first day of the show, and that was last Tuesday. Um, the big story on that day, I flew in that night, so I missed the demo day where you're actually outside. You can hit shots. They do that a few miles away from the from the Orange County Convention Center where the merchandise show is held. But it was freezing, and I kept hearing about this. Oh, it was so cold today. It was so cold, and I was like, Yeah, it's Florida cold, right? right I mean, right. I just came from Seattle. There was snow on the ground last week, um, but it was actually colder in Orlando than it was in Seattle that day. Um, it was like you know upper 30s, windy. People were freezing. <laughs> oh my god! So uh, they were losing their minds. I'm sure. They didn't know what to do, so poor guys. But uh, I did hit um, some of the clubs. Lots of good stuff out there these days. Technology is so good. Um, and, you know, all the brands are there. Interesting, there's one major brand that is not represented the last three years at the merchandise show. Can you guess which one it is? One major brand. Uh, somebody, what? Somebody's too good for it? I'm too good to go here? Too good to come to the show? You know, know, you can make your own supposition there um, Callaway? as to why Callaway? they're not represented. I haven't spoken with any of the brand managers, um, <laughs> but uh, TaylorMade, actually. So I guess, really? you know, Callaway took some time off. Um, apparently, Callaway took some time off in the early 2000s, right after their boom. And then to gain some more market share, they decided to get more of a presence. Some of these companies are paying up to upwards of $3 million for their display, which lasts four days. Right, I mean, it's like it's like a city in there. This place. So the merchandise show, this Orange County Convention Center. They say if you walked every aisle and you walked around the whole thing, it's ten miles. That's how much is displayed, and it's wild. Like how much stuff is there? Can I get one of those uh, stand-up putters like uh, John Smoltz used the other uh, the other week? They had those. Those were there. I forgot what those were called. <laughs> I I totally have no pride. I'm I'm so ready to like get one of those. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't have any pride. I mean, it was one of those things where I looked at. It, I was like, "That makes so much sense." And then I saw the. I saw the commercial for it. And I was cracking up. I was like, "I'd be afraid of like accidentally leaving it on the green." You know, you like <laughs> make a putt and then you go fist pump and it's still standing there. Right. And then you know you head back to your bag and and you get to the next. One, like, oh, I left my putter standing on the last green. <laughs> You'd have to, you'd have to, you to have something like that. You'd have to wade through just the, just the copious amounts of ribbing you would get from everybody. I mean, you'd have to make a bunch of putts. Like if you if you showed up and you and you had one of those gadget, like the stand up putter gadget thing, and you missed all the putts, you would just be, you might as well just never come back, right? Right, unless it's a scramble and they need you, and they're like, "You better bring the stand-up putter." <laughs> no, but that's the thing. If you miss a bunch, like everyone will give you a heart. But if you went out there with the stand-up gadget putter and you made a bunch, like people would be like, "Hey, what's what's up with that putter? Where'd you get that putter?" Right? Is that like when Bryson De- DeChambeau takes eight minutes to hit a putt and then misses it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like you could take you could have taken twenty seconds and missed that putt. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the old adages in golf, right? Miss it quick. (laughs) Miss it. Play, play good. Play bad. Play fast. Right. Exactly. But, but but I'm not. So they have the stand-up putter. Um, There's there's a lot of stuff there. There's so many gadgets. Like if you're a golf nerd, just you you could spend weeks there just trying everything out. There's a new. You know, I'd say there's probably a new. Again, it was my first show, but I had talked to a lot of people. I was there and just kind of the evolution of it. There's you know a lot of new emphasis on physical fitness. Sure, sure. Um, and so a lot of, uh, you know, training aids, 
uh, in that regard, there's TPI representation, you know, so it's almost like mini gym setup um, with all this fitness equipment. Um, training aids are they're always fun. You know, you feel like tin cup out there if you put on a yeah, few of them. Wearing all the, wearing all the, my favorite, my favorite all time hilarious swing gadget was, remember the swing shirt? Oh, oh. I mean, I will tell you about the swing shirt is still well represented <laughs> at the golf show. Oh yeah. In fact, I was actually trying to do some work and there was a presentation over here and they had a really loud video playing. It was kind of funny. I couldn't really understand it, but they, uh, yeah. Oh, they had their booth. The swing shirt is still a thing. So the swing shirt is this shirt you put on and it's got like, it looks like an elephant trunk sticking out of the chest and you stick your arms through it. And it keeps your arms in like the proper position so that you could that you could make a swing, but essentially you have to look like an idiot. It, it's keeping your your arms close to your body, you know, which <laughs> which is a you know it's a good thing. It's probably something a lot of us should wear while we're you know on the dance floor. Um, they say you know we tend to like let our arms go too much. You know, just keep them down. Just keep right. them down. If you ever saw Hitch, we know with Will Smith, just keep just keep them down. Yeah, I'm always looking for the uh, the people at so unfortunately at the driving range that I frequent most, like people aren't doing crazy training stuff because God, I wish they would. I feel like, Hey timer. Well, people will try anything. You know, golfers are desperate. (laughs) We're we're a desperate lot. And we'll spend as much as it takes. I mean, you know what people, when it really comes down to it to shave, like, you know, half a stroke from your game. How much is that worth to you? Yeah, I look like an idiot. I'll buy a chipper. I swear to God. <laughs> we get a lot of chippers donated to the first tee. You yeah. Can have your pick of the letter. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's easier than practicing, right? I mean, just to, you know, to get one of those, to get like a, like one of those gadget sand wedges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of time to actually figure out how to hit the shot. You know, if I can just buy a club that does it for me, it's for the most part that's that's the that's the panacea, right? It's like, hey, if I get this draw bias driver that keep, that keeps me from slicing it, and then I get one of these wedges that I can't hit fat, I'm halfway there. Yeah. Now I will say, uh, probably the best new training aid. Um, I'll, I'll give you this one, which is uh, you've probably seen. It, it's the Tour Striker Plane Mate. Have you seen the Plane Mate? Uh-uh. The one where the the club head is attached to a rubber band, which is attached to uh, a belt. Basically. Oh, I have seen that. Right? <laughs> that, looks, that, that it it looks silly. I I recommend using it. Uh, you know, in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> you don't um, want to take that out. You know. You don't want people to see you working that at the uh, at the at the range. The first few swings, my friend down in California has one. He was one of the first because I guess they're sold out. Like you can't even get these things. Uh, but uh, it it's actually it's it's really helpful. Um, so that that's my and I I um, not being paid to say that. Uh, that's probably the that's probably the the training aid of the year. The plane the plane mate the plane mate. Oh, um, next year it'll be something else. But that's funny. All right. Let's move on to this part. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> it's Dad Jokes of the Week, Golf Edition. Woo! I'll throw the woo in there for you since you didn't know to woo. Yeah, you can still woo. Would you like to? Woo! Thank you. The um, 
All right. So, um, I thought I would, you know, I have these, um, you know, I, I looked up some, some golf related ones. So the, um, so I'll read a few of these and then uh, maybe you've got one. I also have the, my, my favorite long form golf joke. So, um, here's, so here's my first one. I'm not a bad putter. I just can't catch a break. <laughs> ah, I love puns. Yeah. I'm a sucker for yeah. puns. <laughs> um, when is the course too wet to play golf? When your golf cart capsizes. Hmm. Yeah, that's bad. That's actually when you actually drive one into the. <laughs> that's my favorite. Those are like my favorite like videos where people like drive their golf carts like into lakes and stuff, or they jump off, off hills. A whole account that documents just that. There is. There's an Instagram account called Golfers Doing Things that basically is is just videos like people just being stupid. That's the one, and you're like, well, I hope they survived at least. <laughs> All right, do you have one? Uh, yeah, okay, so, uh, yeah, we've got a couple. We'll see how these go. Um, here's a simple one. Again, I love puns. Uh, why do golfers always care, carry a spare pair of trousers with them? Because? In case they get a hole-in-one. <laughs> I've never had a hole-in-one. How many hole-in-ones hole have, have you had? That means you're due. <laughs> do yes i've been playing golf for like 40 some odd years yeah i'm due is right i have iron at that flag stick i have a daughter who's like two of them how many hole ones do you have i have two two that's, that's good i've hit a lot of shots of part threes i'll tell you but uh, you know what i've never had is what tiger had last week what or the, two the, was that yeah that was last week when the ball bounced out of the hole did you see that oh, oh that was crazy that was absolutely—he spun it. It spun out of the hole. Yeah. Have you That's ever? Seen, I've, I've never no. seen no. that. I didn't I've even know seen, that was physically possible. No, I've seen balls like go into the cup and bounce out, but I've never seen a ball like go into the cup and then spin out. Yeah, because you. Yeah, exactly. You could tell the difference. It hung out in there for a while. Uh huh. It was like, nah, not yet. Yeah. The Bridgestone people are like, yeah, ball spins. Woo. Good point. Only Tiger. Okay, I got another one. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, where can you find 100 doctors all at the same place on a given day? A golf course. <laughs> the hospital. That's that's the, how that joke should work. It's like it's like, it's like I got a golf joke for you. Where can you find a hundred? Where can you find a hundred doctors all hanging out at the same place? A hospital. <laughs> that's. The, that would be see you could deke them. All right. That's final version. All right, here's my favorite long form long form golf joke. Okay. All right, so a dude is uh playing golf with his buddy and uh he hits his ball way right over some houses on the other side of the rough. Well, it's not marked out of bounds. I don't know why they anyway but he goes over there and he sees it in the front yard of this home and his buddy says hey let's knock on the door uh and let's see if you can play your next shot through their house and then back onto the fairway the guy says okay so he knocks on the door and this kindly old lady opens the door and he says ma'am would you mind opening up the front door and then opening up your back door i'm gonna go ahead and punch this ball through your house back onto the fairway and she says okay that seems fine and so she opens up the front door, opens up the back door, and he 
punches the ball through the front door, rattles around inside the house, hits the old lady, like kills her dead. He's back there a month later with another buddy, hits his ball into the exact same front yard of the exact same house. And his buddy says, hey, what you should do is you should ask them to open up the front door in the back door and you can play your ball through their house again. Uh, through through their house and he goes no way man because last time I did that I took a triple <laughs> anyway uh, that's a good one I, 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 that was a genuine laugh <laughs> that's a terrible joke I love that All joke right. that's why this is my favorite section <laughs> here we are into the overtime overtime alright so here's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a gear change because we had uh, a horrible tragedy happen in the sports world over the weekend where um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and a number of other people, unfortunately, went down in a helicopter crash um, in California. Now, I know that you went to school in Southern California, probably during the height of the, the, the Kobe years in, in L.A. So do you, have, do, you have a, do, you have a, do you have a connection to it at all? Or is it, is it one of those things where, where, you know, it's always terrible when, you know, sports legends sort of, go out like this or famous people but uh but is it is, did it all did it connect with you at all well i went to a small private college people were from all over but still most from california i mean it was i went to claremont mechanic college down in southern cal and uh you know so people fans of teams from all but you know pretty predominantly california so a lot of laker fans plus you know you'll find laker fans anywhere these days um sure, sure. yankee fans but uh i got kind of a interesting story or connection i guess and it's it's kind of a weird one um you know kobe it was an amazing person um but he had his share of controversies you know throughout the throughout his years and sometime when i was in college that he was accused of something and uh a friend of mine was <laughs> his friend got a text from a girl on the night that she had supposedly spent some time with Kobe and then accused him of doing something, right? Wow. And that text implied that she had an agenda. And so what he was accused of doing was part of a plan. Now, again, by the way, I mean, I don't ever want that to become part of the narrative. And, like, you know, you always, we should always believe, you know, the accuser, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, so in this case, that's just what was going on. And so he was subpoenaed to testify. Oh my uh, God. In the case, our good friend, he was just a, he was a guy from the, go- from the golf team. And that's just the situation he was in because his friend had gotten a text from her that night. And wow. so that was kind of weird. Um, and he wasn't really allowed to tell us anything about it. Uh, but, uh, he did have to fly. Uh, I can't remember where that trial was held. Colorado, I think. Yeah, good memory. Yeah, but the uh, but wow, that's a crazy story. Oh, that makes sense because he's from Denver, of course. Oh, there we have it. There you go. But the uh, but I mean, I think that the story is so interesting because it's this because you know very few very few famous people like you get to you you know they get introduced to us as teenagers and then have a long career and then have all these sort of like there's, it'd be so his his story's so interesting because it spans such a long period of time you know you get this you get this young guy then you get this 
you know, someone who's involved in the trappings of fame and then somebody who, you know, matures and then, you know, and then becomes a family family guy. I mean, it's a, there's a, there's so many, there's so much, there's so much, like, there's so much to it that it's been, it's been, uh, I know that, you know, the news has been sort of teasing it apart, but, but, um, but it, you know, it, for me, it was, it's been such a, you know, I've, like I said, I've, 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 you know, been following his career since he showed up when he was a 18 year old kid from, you know, just from, you know, from Philadelphia, you're just like, okay. You know, and then, uh, but it, you know, I think that these kind of stories, like the other week, we, you know, uh, the drummer for Rush, Neil Peart, died, and I oh, had that. I had a, I think I had more of a reaction because I've been following his career for, you know, for, you know, for forty years of my life. But you know, here's a, you know, here's a twenty year span of somebody who you've, you know, you've seen on the news and watched, you know, watched countless games on television and those kinds of things, and it's really. You know, it's just you know those kind of those kind of things are just you know jarring if 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 nothing else, right? Well, and you know you enter it's a lot like Tiger. You know, you enter the spotlight at such such a young age. I mean, Kobe was young, forty one, and yet we've known him for how long? Twenty right. right, three four years, right? Since we were watching him in high school playing on ESPN. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's uh, it's more than half his life he's been on the national stage. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a friend, and the question was, why do we care? Is the, is his life worth more than somebody else, right? I mean, things happen to people all day. Does his life mean any more than anybody else on that helicopter? And on one hand, of course, no. I mean, every life is... But he impacted so many people. I mean, the outpouring alone, I think, speaks to it, you know? And uh, it's pretty amazing um, how many people felt connected to him in some way. Yeah, that was, I mean... That was that was the that was the interesting part. I mean, you you see somebody who like you know from a golf perspective, someone like Arnold Palmer when he passed away, it was it was everybody right it, everybody who had even sort of touched golf in any sort of way, shape, or form kind of felt like oh yeah, I've got kind of an Arnold Palmer you know I think I know who he is I know what I know what his deal is. Yeah, agreed. And it's interesting. I was reading a, uh, some post. I think it was from Macklemore, um, who's a local guy, and. Uh, he mentioned meeting Kobe one time and uh, saying he was just happy to be in the same room. He didn't know what to say to him. And he was so flattered because Kobe actually approached him and started asking about his creative process and how he makes music and what motivates him and things like that. And he, again, he was just so flattered. And he realized that he called, uh, I think he called Kobe a seeker, right? Kobe was somebody who just sought to learn from everyone around him, you know, to be, to better himself and to just to learn more about the world. Um, and the only difference, so, and Arnie was a lot the same way. Arnie didn't have any controversies for the record. <laughs> I don't think there's, there's anybody on the planet who had a bad word to say about, uh, about Arnie. Not that necessary. So Kobe is, uh, he was one of those people though, and he reached out to a lot of people and left a really nice indelible mark on, on celebrities and, and regular people combined, you know? Yeah. I think there's a lot to, I think there's a lot to learn about you know, celebrity and fame and, and all these other kinds of things. I mean, I mean, if you look at, at, at his life and I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll unpack it a little more as time goes on. But I, you know, I, I don't think it's easy to be famous and successful, you know, at that level. I think there's a lot of, I think people have a lot of problems with it. I think, uh, I think there are some people who can be sort of cynical about fame and, and make it through, but then there's some people who just get lost in it. I think people just, 
they just don't know how to handle it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, you know. And he seemed to, you know, be on the right track. That's what a lot of people were saying. He was finding life outside of basketball and outside of sports, which a lot of athletes aren't able to do. Yeah, but he made. But yeah, again, he made his mistakes. There's no question about it. And to have to live those out in the public in the public eye, and then be able to sort of come out on the other side of it, is is pretty amazing. And you in in some super famous people it ends some people right it ends some people it ends some people's careers you know and that's i think what tiger's you know masters win last year was considered obviously one of the biggest comebacks ever if not the biggest of an athlete and it's not just physical and it's not just from lack of you know the you know success over the years but it was emotional too being able to get past that kind of public ridicule and just stay the course and people love people you know we, we love to put somebody up on a pedestal we love to knock them down um but people love a story of redemption you know right. so uh, yeah, yeah. inside we're kind of rooting for that and i think with kobe we were seeing it i think we, he was in the middle of it yeah so um, uh, question of the day might be have you heard you know there at least there's a petition to uh, rebrand the nba logo uh with kobe <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite there. I think but they should rebrand the Oscar. Right? <laughs> yeah, as Kobe. A gold Kobe. I mean, I'm Again. seeing that same trophy. It needs, it needs a refresh anyway. Perhaps, perhaps, a, perhaps a bridge too far, but, um, but yes, I think that, um, I think he's, I think he's worthy of, um, I think he's worthy of attention and worthy of, of, um, introspection right he's 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 interesting he's an interesting case i mean in terms of you know sort of celebrity culture and and you know what people go through and you know what happens to people and you know choices they make as they if they as they ascend to fame so you know a lot of lessons to be learned and and of course as a as a dad it was hard to it was hard to see that you know you know his daughter was with him and that you know so it's it's a, there's a lot there's a lot in there and so I think this story probably uh, I think this 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 story probably runs a little a little longer. Well, and you uh, one of the stories that's come out is that he was he was a dad and he was a girl dad, as they're calling it, right? And a good one. And you too are a girl dad. I am a girl dad. Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> I have one of each, so it's it's fun to be it's fun to be both the. Uh, but yeah, it's a different it's a different game. It's a different game with it with with both of them. So. Uh, so that's 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 perhaps for another day, but uh, anyway, thanks Evan for coming on the show. I, I I know you've been I know you've been busy and out and about, so uh, it's uh, back time to settle back in, get this uh, get this show get this show started up for uh, for for the spring. Well, we were talking about uh, before the show started. Uh, you you've been at this for a couple of years. Uh, you know, you've built quite a thing here. You guys have hardly missed a week since you said what late two thousand seventeen. I mean, yeah. So yeah, all of two thousand eighteen, all of two thousand nineteen, and uh, and here we're on two thousand twenty with uh, episode one hundred five. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. So thank you, everybody, for tuning into the Two on Three podcast. We know how much we love to hear from you. Um, We'll be back next week when Ty will actually do the outro because he's the one who always does it and he knows how to do it. <laughs> and I just usually have checked out by now, but um, we'll pre- we, uh, I don't know. I'm just butchering this outro. Anyway, we'll see you next time. And until then, you have to say peace. Peace. <laughs>